Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, Freckled Foodie fam. Today we are joined by not one, but two guests. We are joined by JC and Chelsea, who are the co-hosts of the What We Said podcast. They are new follows of mine. I found them... I, I can't remember, maybe like a month or so ago, probably more like two months ago um, on TikTok. As I mentioned, I think it was from one of JC's videos and I really freaking love them. And their podcast is the like perfect turn on, feel like I'm with friends banter that I so enjoy. I say this in the episode, I'm honestly jealous because I would love to have a best friend co-host like that seems like my dream life. Um, but here we are, it's me and you guys and I am still living a dream. That is just a different dream. Um, We chat about a lot. We chat about their podcast, how they started it, how they started content creation, their childhood growing up together, their friends originally from Arizona, from high school, um, what that friendship has looked like over the years, especially as they navigate different stages of their life right now. We talk about their relationship with their faith as they grew up Mormon and how people love to put us in boxes. We have some fun. There is just a lot of banter going on. So this one is a great one. I really, really enjoyed this episode. I love following them and I think I made some new friends. As I always like to tell you guys, just for context, this was also my first time meeting them. So together, we're having this conversation for the first time. It is our introduction into the what we said world. So without further ado, here is JC and Chelsea. Come on in, take a seat. JC and Chelsea, I'm so excited to have you guys on. As I just said before we started, you were very, very highly like excited by the Freckled Foodie family when I asked for questions. People were like, I'm freaking out. I love this collab. I love their podcast. So I'm very pumped to have you. And I must say, I have listened to a few of your shows, but I deep dived last night, just like in research mode on your guys's vlogs. And I want to chat also about YouTube and the concept of vlogging because I have so many questions. Oh, let's get into it. Yeah, all. let's dive in. So, okay. First and foremost, I'm curious as a podcast host, and I just love learning more from creators. Like when did you guys start the podcast and what was the background inspiration context? Like how did it come to life? 
We started the podcast four years ago. We're about to celebrate like our little four year podcast anniversary in actually just a few days. Yeah. And so <laughs> thank, thank you. you. Um, when we started it, we <clears throat> didn't really know what was to become of it because podcasting wasn't that big, honestly. Like we didn't really know of any other um, podcasts like the one we wanted to create. Uh, and it's so weird thinking back because I realized that we really did truly do our own thing. Like for, we, I don't even know really, I think the only thing that I can remember that we drew inspiration from as far as another podcast was my favorite murder because th- that was the only one I had listened to that was two girls and you, you listened to mm-hmm. them too, I think. And I remember we were saying we should do they always have people write in their hometown murders. We should do something like that where we have our listeners, but we didn't have any listeners at the time. But we're like, we should have our audience write in um, their stories for us to react to, but have it be more of like a girl talk vibe where it's like, oh, your most embarrassing moment or things like that. And then we can react. And it was such like, also in the beginning, we did like the weirdest episodes that we had like no business speaking on the topics we talked. We're like, we're going to speak about like all these psychological things as like, girl, you well, don't know anything. And I feel like at that point, <laughs> a lot of the other episodes that we had, or sorry, other podcasts that we listened to were a little bit more informational and structured. They weren't, there weren't a lot of just like casual conversation podcasts. So we felt a little bit more pressure to be like, okay, we have to have a theme that we stick to, that we prepare for, that it's like, this is the obvious thing that we stay on topic about. And, you know, because it was like, I feel like true crime, obviously, um, documentary style podcasts. Um, even My Favorite Murder was a little bit more. They each have their stories, whatever. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of how we started. And then as it grew as it grew, and we kind of noticed our groove, then we kind of were like, people just like to hear us chit-chatting about anything. Yeah. And- Isn't it so interesting, though? Like, that and it's the same way like I am a big armchair expert podcast fan Dak Shepherds and like yes I love the interviews but I also really like the fact check because it's just them like shit like talking and as if I'm in the room with them and I always feel I do interview episodes but then I also do solo episodes and solo episodes I'm just rambling like it is my ADD brain just going to town I'm all over the goddamn place and those are interestingly enough the ones that my community is like I loved this episode and for me, I'm like, I literally was talking about 10,000 things and I don't really feel there was like much material, but it's that sense of, I don't know if it's community or friendship or just being a part of a conversation that people love. Yes. I think during the pandemic, we really got into our groove and found the sweet spot of what I think our podcast has always been meant to be. And we um, kind of, so before, like Chelsea mentioned, we would do fun episodes, but then we like fun story episodes where we react to people's stories and we give advice. But then we would also do like health and wellness things with guests that were like experts in the field. And when we're looking at the numbers, we're like, okay, people just like when we, like you said, are just like talking about whatever, when we're chatting about our day and what we've been trying recently for working out, whatever. So we just need to listen to like what they like. If they love that stuff, why are we not doing more of it? And then during the pandemic, we didn't have a choice. Like we couldn't really have guests on. I mean, once Zoom became a thing, it was easier, but we're like, well, if that's what people like, let's just give them more of that. And that's when our podcast started growing the most is when we just like really hone in on that. We're like, the numbers don't lie. People constantly are asking us for this specific vibe. Like, And I think it's also about playing to your strengths because at that time, 
Uh, what is that saying, JC, that you always say? It's like something uh, meets opportunity meets luck or something. Oh, yeah. It's like um, uh, luck is when opportunity meets preparation, something yeah, like that. I feel like that's how it was during the pandemic where our strength together is our dynamic. And, you know, like we said, just chit-chatting about random things. And um, it doesn't matter what the topic is. It's not like we're, you know, we have our own expertise in different areas. But what is really, I feel like the strong, our strongest part of us is our dynamic. And so I feel like we were just hustling for like a year or two, I think two years before the pandemic of just pushing, being consistent. And then when the pandemic hit, people just wanted lightheartedness. They wanted to feel better. They didn't want to know how to build a million dollar business because it was like, okay, I, I don't care about that right now. I'm stuck at home. Like the, the world is in shambles. I don't, I just want to like laugh and feel good and have a little bit of, you know, light in my life. So that's kind of where our preparation of just staying consistent and like staying true to ourselves met that opportunity of people looking for something like that. And I feel like that was a paid off. spot for us for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm honestly personally really jealous because I think having a co-host best friend is so much fucking fun. And like if I could go back and do it all over, I would have started this with someone else. Although I do think that it's very specific. You have to find the right person. There has to be the right dynamic, the right friendship, the right like foundation. Um, but I I'm always jealous of listening to shows where it's a co-host and like there's that fun dynamic and there are a few now that I can think of and I don't know it's just so much more enjoyable from a creative standpoint I feel and as a listener because like I can only say so much to myself which is why I have a lot of my community like submit their stories and similarly I'll share if it's on a specific topic and then I kind of react so it's as if they're co-hosting with me but I'm fucking jealous needless to say um <laughs> it is nice it I will not lie yeah. it's fun it's definitely fun to bounce off each other exactly right and like it there's less pressure on like one person almost um did you guys have I mentioned your YouTube so I have a lot of thoughts YouTube like I love it, but I'm also confused by it. I'm also like, I can't vlog. I did it for a little bit and I just can't handle the camera always being on. What is your relationship like with YouTube and JC specifically? I would love to hear about your decision to quit Instagram if that is still something that you're doing. Yeah, I love YouTube. I um, feel like it allows me to almost be more authentic or something because I'll just set the camera up and like kind of go about my day. Um, I think it's also been very good for me. I I've learned so much by being on YouTube about public speaking and being on camera. Like I have, think I have learned such valuable skills from podcasting and YouTube specifically, um, because I look back at old videos and I'm like, who are you? Like it, I've grown so Same. much and I think I am like just so much better on camera now and more natural. I think I'm very myself on camera, but that's only because I've been doing it for like five years now. And I don't know. I just really enjoy vlogging and YouTube because I feel like it allows me to, I don't know how else to say it besides be authentic. Like I think I can just talk longer form and it's kind of like a podcast, but just having the camera on. I, I'll say yeah. I love podcasting the most because I like that I can still do my thoughts, but then I can be like in a very... I don't know. I don't care as much what I look like, but, um, yeah, I just, I like vlogging. I enjoy it. I know it's not for everyone. I 
remember this girl that I know like started YouTube and she's like very cute aesthetic very cool vibe and she like had a podcast too and she started YouTube and after like a month she's like I do not like this like I don't like having to remember to bring the camera and like I feel weird and I don't, I'm like I don't know for me I feel I love having the memories documented I really do like I love looking back at old vlogs and stuff and it's just been fun I don't know how else to to say it but I really I really enjoy YouTube personally for myself like, I love watching it and I totally understand what you're saying. Sorry, my husband doesn't understand that evidently our bedroom is my podcast studio. You're <laughs> fine. But I love watching it and I treat, people have always said, like, your stories are very YouTube-esque. My Instagram stories are kind of like, this is what I'm doing, blah, 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 talking to the camera, very laid back. It's the context of A, remembering. I never remember. And like, to bring anything, to set it up, none of that. But B, I feel like I like having the divide in my life. And Chelsea, I'd be curious your thoughts now with the kid where like, I like having the divide of this is my time and JC, like how you decide when to shut off. I think that's the hardest part about our job is that when do you shut off? And the vlogging to me feels like this added layer of pressure or confused boundary of when I'm on versus when I can just enjoy the experience as it's happening. What I think is that I'm noticing um, more often, especially now with Case, is it's hard to do multiple of them. So it's like if you're trying to do stories so and you bring your vlog camera and you got to get a TikTok and you got to do this, it's way too much. And that's when it starts feeling pressure. I even do that sometimes. I have like five different cameras. I have like a film camera. I have a Polaroid. I have like a, my vlog camera. And when Case is doing something, I'm like, okay, got to get a Polaroid. Then I got to get a film camera. And then I got to take a phone, like an iPhone video, then an iPhone photo. And I feel like it's just too stressful. So I feel like because JC doesn't, oh, I'm speaking for you. I'm like, this is how she feels. About no, it, it is. I feel like because she doesn't do Instagram stories, it's like, okay, all she has to worry about That's when we're out true. about is just vi like taking a video. But I feel like if Instagram stories are your form of a vlog, go for it. Yeah. You don't need yeah. to do it all and you can't do it all. And I think that's what, so specifically on YouTube, it's like, I have a very specific flow at this point where I've been doing weekly vlogs for like, I think a year and a half now. So I just know, okay, on Sundays I upload a week in my life. I don't vlog every single thing I do during the week. I vlog right. when, when I want to during the week. So, and that usually ends up being like a 20, 25 minute video. So when I'm doing something and I remember and I'm thinking about it and I want to, I will vlog. And then it just like, is just kind of a compilation of like my favorite moments of the week. And for me, that's almost better than like one day because then I feel like, oh, everything I do, I have to like vlog. And if I don't, it's like, mm -hmm. oh, great. I missed it. And, but over the span of like seven days, it's like one moment a day. Kind yes. Of thing. Like there's enough That's moments. Actually very. Yeah. I, I watched a few of them last night. They're very enjoyable. And I like when I get high at night, when I watch content, I become like completely like, I don't know what the word is, but zoned in where I could be, it's the only time that my brain shuts off and I'm able to like not have 10,080 thoughts and focus on one thing. So I can just be in a zone watching something for like 30 minutes. And my husband's like, the fuck are you doing over here? <laughs> like I left you 30 minutes ago saying, I'm going to go brush my teeth and you haven't gotten to bed yet. And I'm like, oh, I am locked in. And that's how I was last night with your videos. But 
I think what you say of like the week gives you ability to pick and choose, which is very helpful. And then like she said, oh, sorry to interrupt. Like she said, I'm also not doing Instagram stories. So it's like, I'm not overwhelmed with like, oh, and every day it's just like, that's my only thing that and TikTok. So when did you decide and why did you decide to quit Instagram? And then Chelsea, what is your relationship like with socials? Like I would love, can we rank them? Let's rank our tops like in order. Please. Favorite to least favorite. Favorite, if if podcasting is considered social media, like that's my, I just love podcasts. I love listening to them. I love watching them. I love doing it. Like I think podcasting is my favorite. I think TikTok is personally my second favorite. Um, I'm going to throw, actually maybe even Pinterest is before TikTok. I don't know. I love Pinterest. Pinterest. Yes. Because to me, that's social media, right? I love. Yeah, but like that is to me like so random. (laughs) I love pinning inspo on Pinterest for like outfits, home decor, travel. So to me, that's like when I'm just thinking, I'm I'm like, that's a social media that makes me feel very good. Are we talking, we're ranking them by what we like to consume or what we like to create content on? Let's do both because they're probably different. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think to consume, mine would go Podcast, TikTok, Pinterest, YouTube. Oh, maybe, I don't know. And then Instagram. I mean, Instagram's the last one for me. I, and that's the reason that I got off it to answer your question. I felt like, okay, I can't do it all. Like you said, I'm going to the beach to watch the sunset and I'm getting an Instagram story, an Instagram story video, a video on my camcorder for the beginning of my vlog, a vlog footage, uh, you know, just actual vlog footage and a TikTok. I didn't even see the sunset. I'm like- this is ridiculous. It's crazy. Dark. It's dark it's now. The, yeah. It's pitch black. I'm <laughs> like, out. what was color the sunset? And no longer fucking here. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, I was the opposite of present, like in so many areas of life. So I was like, just being, trying to be very in tune with myself. And I'm like, well, what makes, why do I feel so overwhelmed? I'm like, it's because I'm trying to do literally a million social media apps and I'm trying to do them all because my toxic trait is like trying to also do each of them to the nth degree where it's like. I'm the best YouTuber you've ever seen, TikToker, Instagram, like all of it. And I was just feeling so overwhelmed and I'm like, what? I don't know what it is about Instagram, but that one to me makes me feel the worst. When I'm scrolling on there, I feel like I get lost for hours. I watch, I'm watching everyone else's life, like everything they're doing every day. I am definitely just getting locked into or lost in this comparison trap where I'm like, even if I'm having a great day, then I see that this girl woke up at 5 a.m. and did this and has done so much more. I don't know. I'm just, it makes, it doesn't make me feel good. And I know that's on me. Therefore, I was like, I want to remove this from my life if it doesn't add anything good. It's on you, yes, but you also made the right decision. It's the same way of muting people. Like they might not be purposefully triggering me. Like it's nothing they're doing. It's probably coming from jealousy or envy or whatever, but like it's my decision to consume it. So- Therefore, I mute a lot of fucking people. Um, Chelsea, what about you? Um, I am still trying to figure out what platforms like I want to kind of put more time into in terms of like creation, not necessarily um, in terms of consuming. I want to do less <laughs> just in general, Same. but I would say like I would rate mine podcasting's first. I would say YouTube is probably second just because I like to have it on in the background like I'll watch a lot of podcasts, like kind of like, maybe that's like a mom thing, why they have like daytime television, like Ellen, you know, back in the day, it's like at three o'clock, you're like, oh, let's turn on a little, like Dr. Phil or something. But I'll just have it on in the background. 
when I'm doing something or whatever. So, um, yeah, podcasting, YouTube, I would say TikTok and then Instagram. And then what's, what's another one? Well, I said Pinterest. Oh, I Pinterest. Threw that Pinterest. Pinterest. Yeah, I guess Pinterest is some, it depends on the day, honestly. But, um, what I actually spend the most time on is Instagram, like doing stories. I feel like I look at stories all the time and I'll even be with JC and now that she's like not on it, I'll be like, why am I on Instagram? Like, I don't even, uh, why am I on this? Like, it's just such a, what's it called? Reflex at this point that I just like click it's my phone. It's literally a muscle memory. And like I my find myself. just opens the app. Yes, I'm like literally a robot, like going on, looking at stories, not even obtaining the information in my brain. It's just like something for my eyes to like look at and be stimulated by. And so I feel like YouTube, you have to be a little bit, same with TikTok, you have to be a little bit more in the zone to watch TikToks because you're not going to watch it like just while I'm sitting here on the podcast, I'm not going to be watching TikToks. It's so loud. Same with YouTube. And I feel like podcasts as well, you have to be driving or something like that. So I feel like in terms of creating, I am trying to figure out how to balance it with case because I feel like my, I'm wanting to document more instead of like create necessarily create content more of just like documenting your life and yes. ch- and choosing what of that you want to post but exactly. not like oh this is for my instagram story. exactly i feel right. like i want to um document case's life in a way that my parents did a really good job when we were little of home videos and like we love watching home videos and we have lots of photos and and i just love that and i want to give case that as well and so i try to take videos of him but like I said sometimes I get a little bit overwhelmed where I'm like okay I gotta get a camcorder video of it then I gotta get a Polaroid of him then I gotta get a film camera and then iPhone video this way and then iPhone video this way and I'm like why do I need every single thing I like let me just try and focus on you know I I think my favorite that I'm realizing recently is having a vlog camera out like my vlog you know Canon G7X and just filming the moment as if kind of like how your parents did when they when you were little like okay this is cases for they're narrating because sometimes I find myself just like it's like so boring like no one wants to just watch like (laughs) no words just like you know just us at the beach it's like I would rather have hey say hi okay this is grandma this is whatever cases first time with you know something like that I feel like is more fun I'm I'm trying to think like what'd be more fun to look back on and, and see so I feel like I'm trying to be have more footage of him like, okay, let's get this out and make it a more intentional time to document what you look like right now, I guess. But I right. don't I don't post that on YouTube. I just kind of file it away. I mean, it's interesting because similarly to what JC said about the sunset, like you're saying about like needing to do 10,000 different footages because of course every new app that comes out is a different angle, like – Mm-hmm. whatever horizontal vertical cut all of those things and no one lets you post from one app to the other exactly but like for me something that's been very eye-opening that I never could have imagined is I chose not to share my sound on my social media his face and one thing that that actually helped me with that I didn't think about beforehand is that I feel zero pressure to capture content for the purpose of socials. So I still record videos of him because I send them to my family and I send them to my husband if he's not there with us. Yeah. But like, like you said, there's no need to get 10,000 angles because it's just for me, um, which is very helpful. Yeah. I'm curious. Now that we're talking about case and kids and everything, I know I mentioned this beforehand, but I would love to dive into 
your friendship and how it has evolved and how you guys are in different life stages and what that looks like. But take us back to the very beginning. Are you guys, where did you originally meet? Friends from home, correct? Yes, from our hometown. So we met in high school when we were like freshmen, sophomores, and then pretty much immediately when we met, we just became best friends. Like the, the first day we hung out together, just us two, it was like, yeah, this game over. This like, we it. know, we know this is it. End like, game. End game. Like it just, we like meshed so well. We just like had so much fun together. It was, um, yeah, just super fun. So we were best friends all throughout high school, kind of just like this little duo. We did dance together and we would like choreograph dances together. And like kind of this chaotic duo. Yes. And um, you're also very good at the TikTok dances. So it's good to hear that you have a dance history because I'm like, what the fuck? We we do have some experience in that area. Yes. Um, we were getting back to our roots. Yes. But yeah, we just have remained friends. There was like a period of time where uh, definitely no like falling out or anything. We just were both busy. We lived in different states. And so we didn't talk that often for like, I don't know, a year or two. Mm-hmm. For like two yeah. years. Like right after like, we got married. Yeah, we each got married around the same time. And then, yeah, we were just like lived in different places, had different lives and jobs and everything. And then, yeah, we had this random, um, it was Chelsea's birthday. And I was like, I haven't seen her, like hung out with her in so long. Like, so I asked her, I lived in California at the time. Where did you live? Utah? Yeah, Utah. And I literally, this girl has been all over the States. I don't know where she was, but (laughs) I, um, called her or messaged her something. I was like, do you, would you want to like fly out here for your birthday? Like if I got you a flight for your birthday and she was like, sure. Um, Leif, my husband was out of town for the weekend. And so she just came and hung out. And I, we were almost like, we both now were saying, we're like, kind of, we're like, this is gonna be kind of awkward. Like we haven't seen each other in a while. We haven't really been keeping up. Like we don't know what each other's. Yeah. It's like zero to literally going on a trip basically together. Yeah. And yeah, he's like, anyway, it was just us two. So she came to visit and again, immediately it was like, yeah, this is just, we're just best friends. Why That's have just we not how it is. Like, why have we not keep in, kept in touch? And basically after that, I think after that trip, we realized we're like, we have to see each other more and we have to like hang out. And then we started the podcast like two months later. Yeah. And we, we didn't live in the same place. Um, so we just did like remote or not remotely. We would fly to each other and batch four episodes once a month. So we would, we didn't know Zoom existed. Yeah, so. we did not know about Zoom. Um, Holy shit. Which would have been nice. But I think it was a blessing, honestly, because I think that it first of all allowed us to like get closer and like see each other once a month or like once every six weeks. And um, yeah, we just were like, let's start this podcast. That would be fun. We didn't have a huge expectation for where it would go. I mean- our biggest dream, like if I could have dreamed something up, it would be this situation we're in now where we live five minutes apart in our dream location and we get to do this full time. Like where that, are you guys in California? We're so we're in Orange County and okay. we love it. And it's like, yeah, just our dream little spot. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm like now answering a completely different question, but that's like our friendship history and where we are, we're at now. And so now we live super close, basically the dream that we always yeah. wanted. I absolutely love that. And I've had similar relationships where you go through ebbs and flows in friendships. Different people are in different stages of their life. They need different things. You're in different places. Like you're focusing on different things. I fully believe that that happens and that's fine. As long as no one's doing something wrong to the other person, like there can be ebb and flows. I, my best friend 
we did not really speak for a year and a half. We had a bit of like a stupid college fight falling out. And then a year and a half later, she was like, Hey, that was kind of bullshit on me. Like, let's get together and have dinner. And I'm like, there's nothing to lose here. I'm already in a position where we're not talking. So like there's only upside. And now she is my every single day call with any problem, anything I want to discuss, anything. Um, I'm curious, Chelsea, well, for both of you, but specifically Chelsea, like for me in postpartum, I had a really hard time finding myself, I guess is the right context. I don't know. Feeling like I didn't know who the hell I was having a massive identity crisis of who am I now? I'm a mom. Who was I like, will I ever be the same person I was before trying to hold on to this person I was before rather than just diving on into the new person I am. And I do think a lot of my relationships took a bit of a backseat or a hit with people who were not in a similar life stage as me because I struggled on how to relate because I was like, my life is so focused on this one small thing that is so huge, but in reality, he's tiny. Um, And I just don't know what else to speak about. I also struggled with postpartum anxiety and depression. So that massively played a role into it. But how has that been for you guys navigating a friendship while you're in postpartum and JC, you're struggling with fertility because that really is opposite sides of the spectrum. Yeah, we... It's very interesting because what you just described of like your identity crisis is like spot on as of how I felt as well. And I'm now five months out. So I'm five months postpartum and I feel like just now I'm starting to not even feel normal in a way where I feel like the old me, like you said, it's like I feel more normal as my mind is starting to feel like okay again. I feel like my mind was sick for like five months where it was just like it uh, took me overthinking. eight months. So yeah, I, I, I definitely feel like I'm still on the way. And also I had some like physical stuff that was still happening to me that I was just like still reminding me that I was postpartum, I guess. Um, but I also feel like I every day was like a new challenge or a new realization to me. And some days I was super happy, super grateful. Some days I felt super lonely and super, yeah, like misun- not even misunderstood, but just like no one gets how I feel right now. Like, no, and I don't even know what I'm feeling right now. So I don't even know how to explain how I feel. I just kind of feel lonely. And I feel like, I would even say to my husband, I'm like, I know we're both going through this as well, but you don't even know what I'm going through. Like, you don't know what it's like to have this this tiny person that like relies, I was like exclusively breastfeeding. And I'm like, I can't, you can go and be gone for six hours and just text me and be like, hey, can I stay longer? And I'm like, yeah, sure. I have like my whole life has changed. Like everything that I do now is so different and so much more planned. And I felt like part of my identity before was I love to be spontaneous and I just love to like be a free spirit and just go do whatever I wanted anytime I wanted. And so I realized I had to kind of let go of that. And um, and so the new me I felt like I was trying to get to know her while mourning the old me. And I felt like birth to me, I loved my birth. And I felt like it was so transformative where I felt like this new woman that I could do anything. I was so strong and, you know, and then I was like the first couple weeks of postpartum, I was still in that newborn bliss. And I'm like, what is everyone complaining about? This is amazing. I have this little baby and I'm so whatever. 
But then as I, as time started going on and life started to go back to normal, I was trying to figure out how to live my normal life now with this huge change, if that makes sense. Where it's like, I think a lot of people can relate to any kind of, even tragedy or anything where it's like, you know, if some people has, if somebody has someone who even dies in their life, everyone's coming to them the first week or two afterwards, like supporting them. But the hardest time for them is like two months after where no one's checking on them anymore. And it's just like, okay, but I'm still like grieving. I'm still going through this. And so I feel like it was just, I don't know. That's why I'm saying it now at month five, I'm just now kind of getting a grasp of where my mind's at. I feel like my hormones are leveling out. And part of it was accepting that I knew my hormones were playing tricks on me all the time of same thing of anxiety intrusive thoughts, overthinking, just anxiousness in general, where I was like, oh my gosh, I'm crazy. I'm going crazy. Like I am literally crazy. I, I feel crazy. <laughs> so I don't know if that answered your question, but. Yes. I mean, so for context, I felt very similarly and I equated it to a funeral as well, which seems so fucking dark, but I was like, the beginning is survival mode. It's everyone you get after someone dies, you're able to just, okay, I need to pick up, pick up the dress. I need to just get to the funeral. I need to just, you know, it's so one step at a time. And I felt so confident living in his world. But then when I started to live in my own world and have him a part of it, that's where I was like, how the hell do I do this? How do I navigate this? How do I navigate work? How do I navigate friendships? My marriage, like everything felt That is a so- much more eloquent way of saying what I just tried to say. <laughs> well, I'm a year out now, so my brain is semi-functioning. Um, I always told JC, I'm like, months, it's not working. No, it's. It doesn't work. There is an interview that I did with a guest I was so excited for, and she was so great. And me, I couldn't form a sentence. I had to text her after, and I was like, I don't know what shell of a human I was that showed up. And that was actually the day we. T- she's a mother, and she struggled with postpartum depression, and I kind of just let it all out for her after. And she was like, hey, I love you. You got to go see your psychiatrist, honey. And that changed everything for me. So... I totally can relate, but I am curious on the friendship side of things. And JC, maybe this is more of a question for you, but like, how do you guys support each other and be there for each other in different stages of your life? Yeah, I think it's been like an opportunity for us to have a different depth to our friendship than we've ever had the experience to have before, because it we really have always been on like kind of the same trajectory of life where we, you know, obviously are the same age. We're like a few months apart in age and we graduated the same year. And then, you know, we had a bit of a different like job or career, but then we started dating our now husbands. We got engaged within a month. We got married within a month of each other. We moved away from our hometown the same time. Like, I just feel like our lives have been very, very similar. And then this We've has always been, been able to relate like 100% yes, to each other. Like literally on everything. We're just like, oh yeah, we go through the same things at the same time. And it's always felt like. And so this was the first time where it's like, oh yeah, this is like a massive life change where we are in completely different life stages. But it's almost interestingly enough because I am going through infertility, which is technically the opposite struggle, you would say, we can relate kind of deeply on this level of like feeling lonely or misunderstood because it's like Mm -hmm. even though it's opposite we both get that there's pros and cons to our situation and that that we have 
I, I don't know. I think it's like allowed us to go to like greater depths and like have conversations that we probably wouldn't have had otherwise. So I mean, I'm also not going to like sit here and just be like, oh, it's so easy. And like, we've had like, there's a nothing at all that's been like different. Like, it's like, of course, things of course are a little not. bit different, but it's, I try and look at it as like an opportunity of like growth. And like, also, I feel like I could also picture in a few years us being in very similar life stages where we both have kids and we're going to the mm-hmm. park together and it's almost like, oh yeah, now life is kind of the same as it's always been, you know, always been, but it's like just this time of, I don't know. I think it's really important for everyone who's whatever you're going through, whether it is like you're a new mom, you're going through infertility. I think it is important for you to have friends who are in the same life stage as well, because I think if you are just like only surrounded by people for, and I'm speaking for myself, it's like, if I am around only my friends who are moms and that's primarily what they're like discussing or whatever. Like if if that's the only people I'm surrounding myself with, it's just inevitable that I'm going to feel like left out. Like I can't get into this like motherhood club that everyone loves so much and everyone talks about. It's like, I can't help but feel like, dang, that's like, it just makes me feel sad a little bit. That being said, I know everyone doesn't have to cater to my needs constantly, but it is important for me to also have friends who are, who are just like, you know, young, married, whatever. And and we just like go on dinner dates together. Like for me, that's important because it just is like surrounding yourself with people in your stage. I don't know. No, I totally agree. I think it's important for both of you because JC, I can't speak from your position, but I can imagine that it would be very important to have conversation that's not focused on everyone talking about their kids. And Chelsea, like for me, it was very, very important for me to have friends that were in a similar life stage because I felt similarly, I couldn't relate to the people, like my group of friends who doesn't have kids that are just like, who wants to go away this weekend? Let's go here. I'm going on this trip. And I'm like, wait, what the fuck? People can just do that? <laughs> like, huh? Um, so I think it is really important. And I also think that even though they're two different situations, they both at its core can feel really isolating and confusing and sometimes unfair and just emotionally overwhelming. And so I agree. I think that there is like a deeper conversation that can relate the two to be had. Um, I want to have some fun with a few things. Someone, okay, well, first I have to ask JC, like, how do you feel about Kendall Jenner trying to be you? Because I commented on (sighs) one of your videos and I was like, how do we know that she didn't see you. And I still every day get like, so-and-so liked your comment. So-and-so liked your comment. Like, you know, it, it's hard it's being crazy. It, it's hard being like a, you a know, muse. a muse of like a very famous person. Like it's been really tough on me mentally. Um, no, it's Talk funny. about isolating. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the most isolating thing. That's been the hardest struggle I've gone through this for year real. for sure. Um, but 2020 I 2020 was nothing in comparison. <laughs> oh, nothing. Try being Kendall Jenner's fucking muse. Exactly. It's been so rough. Um, I, it's funny because I just saw, or I think it was on the, uh, interview that Khloe Kardashian did on not skinny, but not fat. She was on her podcast and she was saying, she's like, yeah, I was, Khloe was saying I was stalking someone's Instagram story and like Kendall and Kylie were like, why are you doing that from your real account? Like you can't do that from your actual oh, account. Oh no, this was Kim. It was Kim on Not Skinny But Not Oh, fat. was it? One of them I was saying li- that. Well, maybe Chloe said it, but I haven't listened to the Chloe episode and I listened to the Kim episode and okay, she was maybe saying it was how Kim. she used to use Lala's burner. Yes, well, one of them said something about that and they were like, yeah, like why are you doing that from your real account? Like you have to use a fake account or like your Finsta. Like you can't have people seeing that you're viewing their stuff. 
And that I was like, okay, like I'm joking. She's got a burner. Yeah, I'm like, I'm joking, yes. But it is like not completely out of the question that she has seen one of my videos at some point in her life. Okay. Like let's not act like that's impossible. A hundred percent. And two comments on this. One, this is so funny because this reminds me of me and like I say this in a kind, loving way, like our egos where I'm obsessed with Dak Shepard and like there is nothing more than I want to have him on my podcast or to be a guest on his podcast. I went to his live show in LA last month and I like made this video being like, guys on TikTok, we need to get this in Dax's hands. Like who knows someone? I need to meet him at the live show. At the beginning of the live show, I'm sitting there in the audience and he's like, all right, guys, we've got a lot of important people in the audience. We're going to do some shout outs. Like, no lie, hundred percent. I was like, he's gonna say me. Of course, he's gonna say me. Like, of course, he's gonna say. And freckle foodies here. I saw your videos. Like, there, I was shaking. I literally was like, my heart was racing because I. Are you sure you don't have something was, in your teeth? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, this is my time. Of course, he didn't say me. But in my head, I am like, of course, it's gonna happen. But you're not far off because when you think about TikTok, and this is why I love the app. You think about all these celebrities on TikTok, their FYP is regular people. Like they're not, it's not like Instagram where you're scrolling a feed and it's only people you follow. They're getting random ass people. Look at Lizzo. She's the prime example. She's always duetting these random people or stitching or whatever. Like that's where I think you actually aren't wrong where your stuff could be on her page. Well, also if if before you post, I don't know if you did this, but talking about Devin Booker or something, that's her boyfriend, obviously. So that's going to come up on her for you page. Because sometimes exactly. even like um, someone will be talking about what we said. They won't even tag us. They'll just say it and it'll pop up on my for you page. It comes up on yours. So yeah. I'm sure it's like, oh, a video of you talking about Devin Booker or something comes up on her page or she, you know, you somehow end up on our for you page because of the algorithm. She's like, oh, red hair. That's really pretty on her. I'm, I'm going to ask my stylist. Facts. And you know what is funny is like after all of my, because I've like made, you know, multiple videos about this, obviously at this point and my ego again, I'm like, did I ruin my chance to like be friends with her in real life? Like, I'm like, it's inevitable that like I'll have <laughs> at some point, like be friends with like one of them. I'm sure like, again, my ego talking, I'm like, well, duh. And then I'm like, well, did I freaking ruin my chance now? Like, is she going to be like, ew, you're that weird girl who like tried to, and I'm like, well, then she doesn't understand my humor. So she like doesn't deserve to be friends with me. I don't know. So it's, I've been going through a lot. The whole scenario yes. in your brain. Well, like, what I say? Yes. I'm Will like, Devin think it's funny? Yes. Cause I'm like, I like simp for Devin Booker, but I'm joking, but I'm like, but I'm kind of not joking, but I'm, but I am. Kendall. Oh yeah. She's extra not going to like you. You're like, I'm obsessed with Devin. Exactly. You're I'm like, I ruined my chance. Like. Now I can't probably even be friends with Haley Bieber either because they're like, it's, it's all ruined. It's a really fine line to walk between like simping, loving, and then like psycho fangirling. I'm not saying you are, but like there is that fine line with celebrities yes. where it's like, but what if I actually, and you never know. Like I have some no. random ass celebrities who follow me and I'm like, I don't know how I got in your hands of interests, but this is crazy to me. And where do I draw the line of sending you messages like, hey, oh my God, I love you to then being like, you're now going to unfollow me. Exactly. Okay. There's someone who's like kind of famous who follows me and like, I can't, I can't say it. Cause again, I'm going to ruin it. I'm going to ruin it. Um, (laughs) Why don't they listen to my show? But this will some, exactly. You never know. She probably has a burner. And like every time, so like she'll mention me or like, 
or like reply to like on Instagram, she would reply to my story and be like, oh, so cute. And I'm like, I can't even like reply. I feel like if I reply, she'd be like, oh, you're thirsty. I'm like, wait, but you, you message me. But I'm like, I'm too scared to do anything wrong. Cause I'm like, you are, I like think you're so cool that I'm like, I don't want to ruin things for you or for myself by, and Leif's like, she literally is always the first one to message. And I'm like, I know, but like, Anyway, it's just this funny thing where I'm like, but well, it, it, it's, it's such a quick unfollow and it kills the ego. Yes. Like it's way. It, yes. I, I totally feel you. Um, also, have you been compared to Lindsay Lohan your entire life? Yes. 100 percent. In Parent Same. Trap specifically. My entire life. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you know what? I actually think you look like a combination of us. You do. I actually think that too. Like you kind of look like if we had a baby. Like you have like kind of the like complexion, like my complexion. I, I could be your guys' baby. One hundred percent. But like the dark hair, You're I love child. Yeah. Well, I'm covered in freckles, but Zoom is yeah. like weird. No, I can tell. It. Um, but I used to get stopped. I lived in New York when I was younger, and then my moved to Jersey, but my dad worked in the city. So like we were in New York all the time and I got stopped a few times when I was younger, when Parent Trap came out and kids would ask me for my autograph and I would straight up sign my name. And my mom's like, honey, <laughs> they don't want your autograph. They think you are Lindsay Lohan. Sign Lindsay. And I was like, no, I mean, I desperately wanted to be a celebrity. So it was like the greatest thing ever. Yes. Um, but I was curious. I was like, you must get it also. Uh, someone asked, okay, well, two things. I, this was like the number one most requested question. And I'm sure you guys are sick of talking about this, but people are curious what your relationship is with your faith right now and how that has changed. And I did not know, do you, do you identify as Mormon? It's so funny that you bring this up. Like I'm I'm laughing because like we have just started to like talk about, well, we always talk about it amongst ourselves, I guess, but it's like, we've been talking more about it recently. And then we had this like super long conversation for like two hours in the car to LA while we were driving to another podcast interview. And then that podcast, they were like, so are you like a practicing Mormon? And like they asked us exactly what we had been talking about. So it's just funny that you asked. It's not bad. It's just like, we've been discussing this a lot recently. Obviously, I don't want to speak for both of us, but I do think that we don't have like a clear answer. Like when someone's like, are you Mormon? It's like, I don't have a clear, just like, yes or no. Like there's not, it's literally neither one comes to my brain, like for myself when people ask. Cause I'm like, yeah, like I guess yes. But it's like, I don't, I don't know. Like I don't subscribe or like a lot of the stuff doesn't necessarily connect with me at this point in my life. Um, but growing up Mormon's just like, I think a super unique well, growing up anyway is a unique experience, but it's like the older I get, the more I realize like, oh yeah, I did grow up in like a bit of a bubble where like everyone was very similar to me. But now that I'm older and I've experienced different cultures and people and lived out of my hometown, I realize that, it, it, you know, everyone's not the same as me and everyone didn't grow up this way. And um, I don't know. It's It's been like an interesting journey. I think I've been on it like, I mean since I've gotten married and since forever, but specifically the past like year, I've been navigating that a lot more. Cause I'm like, why one of my friends, actually we were in New York together and he was like, why do you like, why do you still say you're Mormon? If like, you don't, he's asking me certain questions about like certain policies and things within the church. I was like, Oh, I don't believe, like, I don't agree with that. And he's like, so why do you say you're Mormon then? And I was like, good question. Uh, I was like, I don't know. Like, I guess it's just comfortable for me. Like, that's just, 
it's just easy and like comfortable to be like, yeah, I'm still Mormon. Like, even though I don't do this or that, or I don't believe in this, you know, certain aspects of it. Um, but I still feel like I'm on that journey of like, I don't even like to label myself as either because mm-hmm. I don't like to be around people who are super, super by the book Mormon because it stresses me out and I don't like the energy that it brings. And I also don't like being around people who are anti-Mormon. It just like feels negative. So I'm like, I just like to be in this like gray area, which unfortunately I think everyone lives in the gray area, but when you do grow up super religious, you're kind of taught that it needs to be like, you're all in or you're all out. And when you're in gray, you're like, I don't know what I'm doing. So that's kind of where I'm at. Mm -hmm. I also think the gray confuses people as consumers and not everyone's like, like putting their life out there to be consumed, but people like to put us in boxes. So I think that's probably why so many people are curious about this. And I feel this way about many aspects of my life. Um, but people like to be like, you're doing it or you're not. And they're very confused by the like, kind of, but not fully. But when I want like that concept of things. Yes. What about you, Chelsea? Yeah, I was going to say, I noticed that I get the most stressed out about it when I feel like other people are trying to force me to put a label on it where they want so badly mm-hmm. to be able to say like, to tell me what I am. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, well, answer these questions and then I'll tell you what you are. And it's like, usually I'm like, oh, I I feel like I've always, I mean, yeah, again, in my adult life, been a very spiritual person in a sense of like being connected to my spirituality and trying to find tools that can connect me to that feeling. And I feel like I love just anything where I'm like, I love yoga and I love learning about different religions or different ways that people live and how to connect to that spiritual being. And it just fascinates me. And so I feel like when I, I think of the church differently than other people would, but then I also feel like people are like, well, then you're not really Mormon if you think this and this and this, like that, that you can't be Mormon if this, and I'm like, oh yeah, okay, well, I guess then it makes you, that then it stresses me out. And I feel like when I get down to how I really feel in general, I I don't feel the need to get to the finish line today. It's like spirituality mm-hmm. is just, and religion is a journey and you're constantly trying to figure out. And that's kind of the point is you're trying to better yourself and you're trying to figure out what you do believe, who you are, what your purpose is. And I feel like the journey of finding that is the purpose, if that makes there sense. There is no timeline. Like yeah. I think that's so, so important is like, it doesn't, like you said, people aren't always comfortable with the gray area. So they're like, they just want you to choose because it makes them feel more comfortable. Yeah, like, like well, you do this, so you're not Mormon. Yeah. Or you're Mormon because you right. said this. Yeah. And it's like, if you're ever just like, oh, I'm not sure. It's like, well, pick one. Because they're uncomfortable with that feeling. And it's like, dude, I'm not ready. And it's like Chelsea says. Then you start getting stressed out. It's like, I don't know. Like, now now you're just freaking me out. Yeah, it's and like, so- I was feeling fine and I felt... I, I was feeling good about my decisions I made day to day. I was feeling like I was a good person, but now you're stressing me out that I'm not going to go to heaven. Like, you know, so then you start to question, which is, there's nothing wrong with that. I feel like questioning, you know, just how you've been taught is great. And I think that that brings on growth, which brings on a, a bigger perspective of life, which makes you a better person. But um, yeah, it's just a very, I don't know. It's just, when you're little, it's so small in your mind and you're just like, oh, I just do these things and you don't even question anything. It's not even in a bad way. You're not even like, I, I don't know. And then when you get older, you start, it's almost like the more you know, the less you know. So the older you get, you're just like, yeah. what? Like how? But when you're little, it's so well, you simple. You get more perspective. Yeah. Like it, you get, I can't speak from a religious standpoint because I didn't grow up religious, but 
you get more perspective on life. Like I can think about it from a political standpoint of things that I grew up believing. And then when I got older, I was like, oh, wait a second. When I see it from this lens or I see this happening, like I actually don't agree with that, but it's what people around me were saying who were older. So of course I believed it because that was all I knew. Um, I also think it's a hot topic right now because I need your context of I don't follow any of these like mom TikTokers, the Mormon drama, but I am fascinated by how many Mormon mother TikTokers there are. Like, can you give any context to how, like what started that trend within the community of TikTok? I don't, I just am fascinated by the concept. There are so many I feel like people who talk about like why Mormon women tend to become influencers and bloggers and, you know, content creators. And there's so many different theories, which are all very fascinating because, you know, there's we always scrapbooked and and, uh, genealogy is really important in our religion, like, you know, keeping records of things and and history. So people are always scrapbooking, taking photos. And so then it's like, oh, well, when Instagram came out, we love photos. We have plenty of photos. I love to write about myself. Let's post on the Internet. And then people become very invested in their family and also Mormons tend to have a lot of kids very young. So people find that fascinating. Also, there's an emphasis, especially in Utah, which is the mom talk of yeah. like coming across perfect and wanting to look perfect at all times. So they're like extremely attractive, uh, extremely like well, uh, well dressed, put together. Yes, exactly. Which is also fascinating. And they're young moms. So it's just like very different than what we usually are, you know, used to. Well, not us. We're used to it. Yeah. Well, that, that's the odd yeah. part, though, is like it was funny because I remember talking to someone about it. They're like, oh, my gosh, like, why is everyone from Utah so good looking? And this and that. And I was like, really? Like, and then I would think about it. I'm like, yeah, like, I guess you're I, I understand what you're saying. It's like everyone, not everyone, but a lot of people there. It's like they put an emphasis on their looks and, and portraying this like perfect image. So they're always just their hair, their eyelash extension, like everything is just like perfect, perfect, perfect. And it's kind of this weird thing. But I'm like, to me, that's so normal. Like I don't bat an eye at these girls. I'm like, yeah, they're pretty. But like I've seen the dime a dozen. Like I see those girls at Mm -hmm. church every week growing up, you know? (laughs) So to me, it was like fascinating because before TikTok, I A, didn't know that like Mormonism was even like a big thing in Utah. I had no idea. And maybe that's just me not knowing anything about religion, geography. But B, I didn't know, I really didn't know anything. And then all of a sudden I saw all of these like people on my TikTok page because I'm a mom, I get served it a lot. And it's, and I'm like, why do they know all these trends? How are they so like, why do, why are they so with it? And wait, they're moms, but they're so young. And then all of a sudden they're all together in these videos. And I'm like, what like subset universe is happening right now? Because I was so confused to see them all in one video and then drama blew up and I haven't looked into any of it because I don't actually care enough. But a lot of people, I know it's a hot topic of discussion. So I was curious your guys' thoughts on the whole concept of the mom talkers. Um, Last listener question. And I'm also curious coming from someone who both of you being your own bosses and like navigating this whole wild world that we're living in. What are your morning routines? Like as detailed as possible. Ooh. Go first. Mine has been, I feel like I don't have a set, super set routine. It's kind of different every day. So I've been getting up like really early lately to go to yoga, which is like a very new thing. I don't go every day, but um, on days that I do that, I'll wake up at like 530 and then go to yoga class again. I'm not a morning person. So 
I feel like I'm presenting this as like, yeah, my very productive morning routine. I'm like, I've literally done this like four times total. I don't so. do much, but I do get up at yeah. five and go to yoga. But, yeah. but it's been, no, but it's been nice. Like I will say, cause I'm always just like, oh, I'm not a morning person. I hate it. But I think if I align my schedule correctly, where I go to bed super early, I actually like love being up early. Cause then I just feel like I have my so much time in the day. Like it shocks me. So, um, that's kind of like a newer thing. I'd say on average, I wake up like seven 30 or something and I'll usually get up pee. Um, I'm getting very specific for you. Like, you no, asked. I like the D de- I was already going to ask like before yoga, are you pooping? <laughs> or are you having coffee? Are you like someone that's just getting right out of bed to yoga? Like Be- that shocks before, me. Before, before yoga, I'm not pooping. I'm peeing. Okay. Um, so, but yeah, I'll, on, on days, I'll, let me give you more average because I really feel like on average, I don't do the yoga thing every day. That's just like a recent, okay. a recent <laughs> thing. It's in a recent, um, yeah, development. So 7.30 AM, wake up, go pee, usually like splash my face with water and do like a serum, just like a hydrating serum. If I'm getting fancy, sometimes I ice roll. I had surgery on my chin, so I'll get some swelling sometimes in the morning still. So I'll like put some ice on it to put that down. Not all the time. Sometimes do some gua sha. Again, that's if I'm feeling fancy. Um, I'll put like a sunscreen on SPF on and then I try and do a morning walk. So I go usually with Leif and Lady, my dog. We go on a walk throughout the neighborhood. Um, usually like, I don't know, maybe a mile. And then come home. I will either make myself like breakfast and a chai or a matcha. I'm a big chai or matcha girly. Or we'll go to like a coffee shop and get it there and I'll have like avocado toast or something. Just do a breakfast situation. Um, By this point, it's usually like I'd say nine or something. And then I usually start at that point like I'll put a podcast on and I'll like get ready. I'll put some makeup on sometimes or get dressed. And then I usually get on my computer and start working. I feel like I'm missing something in there, but I think that's like, that's usually the gist of it. I'd say. Okay. Nothing, nothing too. I don't think not anything too crazy. No, I don't either. Actually, no, very, very sure. unproductive. Yeah. <laughs> no, not unproductive, but like, I think it, I think yours is very common. Yeah, You're yeah, not yeah. doing anything crazy. No. no. Um, I love the getting out the door first thing in the morning is a huge success in my opinion, because that's what takes me the longest to do. Yes. I love it when I do it, but it's a struggle to be honest. Yes. Yeah. Um, what about you, Chelsea? Okay. Let me give you a very quick, um, what I on my most perfect day as a mom, I do. I okay. wake up okay. with my baby. I don't, you know, I wake up at six, which he usually wakes up around six. I get up and I play with him for a little bit. You know, I'm still in my PJs because I'm not about to like do all that stuff that early. Of course. Play with him, you know, read him a, a good mind stimulating book, feed him, nurse him, you know, have that time in the, in the wee morning um, hours. And then I'll do a yoga stretch to kind of, get my body moving then me and my husband and my dog and case go on a walk and get my coffee or my matcha go home and then get the day started what i usually do is wake <laughs> up at you know case has been a real early riser lately he's pushing it to like 5 30 he'll wake up at 5 30 smiling just so happy which makes it a little easier but i wake up at 5 30 and you know I'm like, mm, I want to get up right now. And then my husband, bless his soul, he will take him and play with him. And I'll be like, okay, I'm going back to bed for a couple hours because, you know, I was up with him. So 
uh, that's my justification for it. And he'll stay up with him for a couple hours and then usually come back in and wake me up at like 7.30 when he needs to eat again. And that's usually when I start waking up. And then honestly, I'll probably like scroll on TikTok, check my email in bed, which is always makes me feel horrible. And then I get <laughs> up and then I usually will maybe go on like a little walk um, with them if they haven't already gone and then, you know, get the day started. But that's the truth. Sounds very well. I mean, that sounds exactly like how I was yeah. in that ex- in that time period where I was yeah. like, "This is what I want to do, <laughs> and this is my reality." Yeah. Um, the person that asked asked all three of us share, so I'm going to share mine also. Um, I get up at six, and my biggest thing, and like Chelsea, you're still in the thick of it, so I'm not saying you have to do it now, but like getting up before the baby has been the best thing for my mental health because yes. I need time where I'm not responding 24-7 to someone else. Um, I'll get up at 6. I meditate. Then I have – fuck, I feel like I have to sneeze. Then I have athletic greens, and then I Mm -hmm. go poop, ideally before Liam wakes up. That is my dream. I wake Liam up. I give him his bottle while I'm drinking my coffee. Oh, I forgot to say. Before I wake him up, I journal, and I – am addicted to this mad happy journal that I was I have that one. I love it. It's amazing. I am like the biggest proponent of this thing. I've been doing it for the past week and I love it more than just my free journaling I used to do. So big proponent. I'll link it in the show notes, but I'll do that. Then I wake him up. He drinks his bottle in my lap while I have my coffee. He's addicted to cheersing right now. I posted it on my stories Aww. this morning. He like learned how to say cheers. So he goes, cheers, cheers, cheers. <laughs> And just hits my cup with his bottle the whole time. Um, yeah. And then like we have breakfast together and I try to work out while he just like sits at my feet and screams for me to pick him up. And it's like really enjoyable. And so <laughs> such a successful exercise. And then I try to get out the door to work out. Um, okay. I, I know I that. ran a little. Oh, thank you. It's taken Inspo. time. I mean, before it was, it's still a little bit of madness, but I do the mornings and my husband deals with the dog and then. I do the nights. He does the nights and I deal with the dog at night because it's don't, all don't tell my husband two that. children. He does literally everything all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like sharing the load. Wow. <laughs> we, yeah, division of labor is very big. It's a topic I discuss a lot on the show. Like even before kids, when you move in together, like figuring out what tasks someone wants to do versus like tasks they hate. Like I, there's nothing I despise more than washing a bottle and I haven't washed a bottle like since day one. I'm just like, can't do it. I hate it. Despise it. I need you to take that task. And same thing with like cooking for him. He's like, nope, don't like it. Don't really like doing it. And I'm like, I will gladly own that task. I actually enjoy it. Um, Okay. I know I ran over your guys' time a little bit and I want to be mindful of that. Thank you so much for coming on here. This was so enjoyable. I really love your guys' content. You've been a newer find for me, honestly. I forget how I found you. JC, I think one of your TikToks about Kendall Jenner came up on my <laughs> It's It's got to be that. It's, mm-hmm. you know, do you know that multiple people, I'm not joking, have like, they're joking. They are joking, but have stopped me in public. I'll, I'll just hear Kendall or like, is that Kendall Jenner? <laughs> and I'll turn around and they'll be like, I follow you on TikTok. I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm dead. Not you boosting well, my ego. one that you posted where you were like, honestly, I thought this was me for a second. Like when you, you know what I'm talking about? She yeah. was wearing like green pants. Yeah. When you posted that, I was like, wait, that, that, that is you. Yeah. Like, no, and people were like, like, it's funny because after every one of them goes viral, like they'll be like, who are you? Like, who do you think you are? And I'm like, I'm Kendall Jenner, bitch. Like, 
Yeah, do you not, did you not, I'm like, did you, you not see the content? Like, no, it's so funny. I, I I'm, un, un, I'm very sad that the, her dark hair is back. So I can no longer uh, clout farm from her or whatever it's called. Get clout off. Yeah. Of but it. we don't know if she's gonna, she could come back. You never know. True. Um, but that I think is how I found you guys Amazing. and you've been great follow since. So for everyone listening who wants more of you, where can they support you? Yes, you can follow me on any social media at JC Marie Smith. My YouTube channel is just JC Marie. I do, like I said, the weekly vlogs once a week. And then you can listen to our podcast at What We Said Podcast. And I'm Chelsea Jade Curtis on everything. Okay, perfect. Everything will be linked in the show notes. Thank you guys so much for coming on. Thank, Thank you. you. That was so us. fun. Thank you guys so much for listening to the show. I love doing this more than anything in the world. If you could be so kind as to rate and or review the show, share a screenshot on your Instagram story, whatever you feel like doing to show some love, I would really appreciate it. Obviously follow at Pod on Instagram and me at Foodie for more content. Thank you for being a part of the FF fam and I hope you have a wonderful day.